This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. As always, very happy indeed uh, to be finally at the weekend, of course. I'm all dressed up for golf in a little bit. Going to have a little bit of fun down the range and... Uh, Stave off this ridiculous weather. I've got a bit of a busy day, actually. A football day, if you will. Going to watch Gillingham later as well in the afternoon. Uh, and then a chill evening out with the family and uh, some friends at a meal. So got a nice Saturday planned. I hope that you do too. And that you're getting out there and enjoying, the, I was going to say, the fresh air. But uh, the weather down here in the south isn't that great. But hopefully you can still get out, maybe enjoy some football. If not, stay in and watch plenty of football, of course, this afternoon. We watched uh, Leeds lost against Aston Villa last night. Uno Emery getting off to a very good start as Villa manager. Not picking up all the wins and all the games, of course. But still, I think, compared to what Gerard was doing, has done a very good job indeed. Anyway, less of that. More Arsenal chats. Good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. Akmal, Wilson, Red Star. Good morning to you. To Canoe, Paul, Mike, Martin. Uh, we've got Matt G. Uh, everyone's asking where Peeny Ween is in the chat box this morning. If Peeny Ween's not in the chat on a Saturday morning, I can only imagine he's had a heavy Friday night. Uh, MRM, good morning to you. NSW, Oplo, Bradley, Temi, Tulip, uh, Amira, Carl, Francois, PJ, Morgie, uh, good morning, everybody. I hope that you're having a fantastic uh, time. I hope you had a good week and, of course, are ready for the weekend as well. We kick off uh, with what I'm hoping is going to be a little bit of a new thing. I know a lot of you sit in the chat box waiting around um, for the show to start. Some of you, of course, uh, tune in later on, but this applies to you all. Uh, of course, as you know, I do write for football.london, so I'm going to try and leave an article for you to read every morning before the show starts to keep you entertained between now and that time as well. Uh, the article I've got for you today, linked down in today's video description, I basically went through the pain of watching back all of the last eight away North London derbies that Arsenal have been unable to pick up a victory and to look at the kind of the reasons as to why we didn't pick up those victories, see the things that we need to learn from, all the way from that uh, that Rosicki win in 2014 to, of course, the 3-0 defeat yes, uh, yesterday, yesteryear rather, uh, last year against Tottenham uh, 
in which was obviously a very painful end to last season, a very disappointing end despite all of the promise. So uh, you can give that a read and learn what Arsenal need to do to win the game tomorrow against Spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Our first story, however, is that Arsenal's under-21s left it late against Leicester, scoring in the 85th minute, turning the scoreline around in the space of just around 10 minutes. Um, Nathan Butler-Oyadeji was the goal scorer, who uh, got the second and winning goal in the game. As they responded to that awful 6-0 defeat, of course, if you remember, against Manchester City last weekend. So very much a return to form and uh, they will be competing once again for that top spot in the under-21s PL2 table. Uh, Gabriel Jesus provided another update. Uh, Mikel Arteta speaking in his press conference, however, said uh, that they are still very much seeing him on the timeline that they've set. That's expected to be around the end of February, start of March, maybe. Um, maybe even uh, slightly earlier than that, we hope, but it's probably going to be end of Feb, start of March, we expect for when Gabriel Jesus might return. So we've got some time until the Brazilian does come back to full fitness. Uh, they are usually pretty coy about these types of things, so don't expect any secrets to be given away. But fingers crossed Gabriel Jesus makes that swift and uh, miraculous return to fitness. Now, Arsenal have been fined for that Newcastle charge. We still await the verdict of the Oxford United charge, but Arsenal have indeed been fined £40,000 for the breach of E20.1's FA rule during the Premier League game against Newcastle, where the players, uh, Arsenal admitted that they failed to ensure its players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion during the 95th minute. As I said in yesterday's show, I didn't have too much of an issue with this specific charge. I have an issue with the Oxford charge. I am intrigued to see what happens. What I plan on doing is, of course, uh, making a note of all the instances of where clubs have done the same thing as us and yet have not been charged. Now, uh, Mikel Arteta and Martin Odegaard both won awards for November, December. Arteta winning the Manager of the Month, whilst Odegaard won the Player of the Month award with Arsenal winning four of four games. Really, of course, impressive run of former from Arsenal to give themselves that buffer at the top of the Premier League table that they will hope will continue into 2023. We didn't get off to the perfect start with that Newcastle game, improved against Oxford and hopefully can get a big, big win tomorrow against Tottenham. But we can all agree that both are very well deserving of these awards, Martin Odegaard in particular, who has been absolutely fantastic. Now, Leandro Trossard has apparently been, quote, banished uh, from Brighton and uh, has had a massive, massive bust-up with uh, manager Roberto De Zerbi. Now, uh, the Belgian winger has a contract which was set to expire at the end of this season. Um, however, uh, Trossard is uh, uh, in a situation whereby they could activate an option that would see him extend his stay at Brighton for another season. It's said that they were doing that. Discussions over a brand-new contract have failed to materialise, but it says that apparently... Uh, a bust-up happened during training, and Leandro Trossard has therefore been banished by Roberto De Zerbi. Um, this is all reports coming out of Brighton. It's kind of crazy that this has happened, considering he's such an important part of that Brighton team. Uh, what the reason for me bringing this up is, of course, that Arsenal have in the past been linked and been monitored uh, with him. Apparently, Trossard's agent has been really kind of, uh, what's the word, marketing uh, Trossard around to some big clubs, Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea United and City apparently have said no, they aren't looking at Trossard right now. 
Um, but uh, we know that uh, the players that do tend to have these arguments with coaches, we don't particularly really want at Arsenal. Of course, we don't know the finer details and the ins and outs of that. And he has got plenty of talent and quality. Uh, but at 28 years old, Arsenal would be committing a spot in their team to somebody that wouldn't really bring them any uh, sell-on value whatsoever and would certainly just be a backup option. Uh, you could potentially, I think, see him end up maybe at somewhere like Newcastle or Tottenham. It does seem to suit that type of move and certainly to bring some depth to that Tottenham front line. But it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts and feelings are about Trossard. Let us know down in the comments section below. Now, uh, Ivan Fresneda uh, is a name that we've obviously talked about here on the channel before. The Real Valladolid right back has been having a fantastic season with the Spanish side. Very versatile right back, can play right mid, has played right mid, has even played centre forward, right wing, left wing and left midfield as well. He is a very versatile player and a very different style of fullback to what, of course, Arsenal have been linked with in the past. Now, according uh, to a number of outlets uh, over the last couple of weeks or so, Newcastle looked like they were the most likely uh, team to be in contention with signing him. We then heard from a, a number of other outlets, the likes of Tottenham, Juventus, uh, have also had an interest in Ivan Fresneda. But yesterday, a report from an outlet called Pusella News, who are a dedicated Real Valladolid outlet, have suggested that uh, Arsenal are the team that Ivan Fresneda wants and that Arsenal themselves have also had discussions with the player but have asked for patience. They want the Mudrick deal to be sorted first before they can work in any kind of operation for Ivan Fresneda. Now, the question is, do Arsenal need a right-back during this window? Do we need to commit an investment to a right-back during this window? We have Ben White, we have Tommy Asu, and still we have Cedric, but Cedric, of course, may leave. And that might be one of the things that catalyzes potentially a move for a right-back. Uh, I always felt that a central midfielder, another forward, maybe even a left-sided centre-back, were all ahead of the right-back uh, situation. But Ivan Fresneda has caught the eye of a lot of teams. And the 18-year-old is said to be very highly rated and potentially one that is a very impressive style of the future. And it might be that if Arsenal don't sign Fresneda during this window, or any club for that matter, they would therefore miss out on a potential star for the, uh, the long-term future that they wouldn't obviously be able to bring in. So it might be a case of if you want to get Fresneda, you've got to get him during this window and that Arsenal don't want to miss out on this opportunity. As you know, for those that have been listening to the show for quite some time, I have been an advocate of saying that I think we need to be considering bringing in a different style of right-back, having more variation in that position so that if we want to be more offensive, that we've got that player that can overlap and support Bakaya Saka potentially more so than what Ben White does. That's not to downgrade Ben White. Ben White has been brilliant but it is always important to have those different style options in your team I mean just take um, Manchester City who are using this young guy called Lewis at the moment on that right back position you look at Chelsea with Hall on their left hand side there's some young players that are coming through being given minutes in those positions and they're benefiting from those players getting that experience so it's an interesting one however what I would say is that I do think that uh we are still well-stocked there at the moment. Tomiyasu, of course, is versatile enough that he can cover in a number of defensive positions, has even played in the past in defensive midfield as well. So I don't think this would impact Tomiyasu too much, especially if we sell Cedric. But it is a very interesting link. And I would be curious to see your comments in the comment section down below as to what you think about this potential move this winter. Now, our headline story, as you would expect, uh, is that Edu has reportedly flown to Poland to meet with Shakhtar Donetsk representatives to seal the Mudrik deal. And who knows? Do you remember that, um, the video that we got 
in the airport after Edu brought back Pablo Marie when we were signing him from Flamengo. Do you remember that? Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see Edo, uh, Edo? <laughs> Edu videoed um, bringing back Mudrik uh, from Eastern Europe to Arsenal uh, in the next couple of days. Arsenal are said to be very confident, of course, as we know, and they are moving ever closer to getting a deal done. If for those of you that have ever wondered what the different variations of closeness to the Mudrik deal are, I've gone to the trouble of making you a graphic so you can better understand all the different levels of close. Those that are listening on audio platforms, you might want to hop over to YouTube to have a look at this. But these, I think, are the best ways of defining how close the Mudrik transfer has been. You've got pretty close, which is probably as far as away as we've ever been. Uh, close but no cigar, of course. You've got so close yet so cl- uh, yet so far. You've got closer by Neo, which is a personal favourite of mine. David Klostein, uh, of course, who might report on the potential transfer very soon. Feel close to you right now. Um, that is, you know, a potential real Calvin Harris level of closeness. So close that I can taste it, which is where we might be. But we are, I think, moving into the praying emoji levels of closeness with Mikhailo Mudrik. So uh, certainly... Uh, we are getting very close to seeing Mudrik indeed join Arsenal. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions for today's show right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and go through uh, your questions. Yes, Um, I'll address a quick thing. Uh, Obviously, if you listen on audio on Spotify, iTunes and stuff like that, you won't hear um, some of the things that I do at the end of part one. um, And I can't say the specific words because of uh, our audio platforms being distributed uh, by a third party source. It means, of course, uh, that I can't mention them on the audio side of the platform. So if you're thinking, why am I never listening to the the funny little things that Tom does at the end of the uh, the first section. It's because you don't hear them uh, on Spotify and iTunes. You only hear them on YouTube. So if you want to hear them, <laughs> you can hop over to YouTube. Speaking of iTunes and Spotify, on Spotify, if you could always leave us a five-star review, that would mean loads. On iTunes, you can leave us a written review. Uh, someone left an iTunes review the other day saying that I speak too quickly. I can only apologize. Oh, that's just I have to fit so much stuff in, and I have a lot to talk about in a short space of time, and I naturally talk quite quickly. So far, so sometimes Mikel Arteta fails to understand me in press conferences. Um, but if you could leave a kind review, a written one on iTunes, it really would help us out. So uh, thank you to those of you that do indeed do that. Uh, let's jump to the chat box then and go through some of your questions. Uh, Inkstamist says, uh, morning, Tom. Did you see Arteta's smirk when Mudrik was mentioned in the pre-match interview? What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, my, my thoughts are that I, I don't necessarily read too much into that. 
making a difference. I think Mudrick's deal is is getting closer, as as we all know. Uh, Neo levels of closer. I think we've probably gone past that that stage at the moment. But um, I've asked Mikel Arteta about transfers. Others have asked Mikel Arteta about transfers. We know what type of answer we get. If you actually go back and listen to the pre-Oxford press conference, when I ask him about different valuations of transfers, you'll hear me say, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about specific players because he doesn't talk about them. And so it's always important to ask more broad questions and non-specific questions so he can actually give you more of an answer. Um, and uh, so whilst he might smile, uh, he's not going to give you anything more than that. Uh, Louis says, uh, do you think, do you view the Fresneda signing as a sign that we may move Tommy to our backup left-back position? I think they could be a great option. Arsenal do have an interest in signing a left-sided centre-back. If that doesn't materialise, maybe this Fresneda situation would change Tommy Asu's role in the squad. Tommy Asu has been linked with other teams around Europe as well. His position in the squad is not guaranteed. I think that Arsenal would certainly be able to guarantee a profit on Tommy Asu. And that's important. You know, we get very attached to players and we think, well, why on earth would we sell Tommy Asu? He's been good for us. And, you know, I'm sure Manchester City have thought that about Gabriel Jesus or Alexander Zinchenko. When you get to the top of the table and you're competing for titles, some players move on that you never expected would have moved on so you can bring in better options. It's just the way things work. Um, And so Arsenal, as long as they're making profit on the players that they do move on and they're still maintaining that strong squad, competitive squad, and they're not losing their main key starters, that's what's key. So Tommy may move. He may move position. He may move club. Um, but I think it's important to remember the kind of situation that we are in as a club at this very moment in time. Um, Yuna says, why haven't the FA charged Mudrick yet? Yeah, I, I'm surprised that I haven't had the FA burst into my studio this afternoon, this morning, wherever you happen to be in the world, uh, and charge me for something, maybe saying that I, that I don't really rate them. <laughs> it's shocking, Yuna, at this stage, isn't it? Um, John says, with Barca in dire straits, should we try to buy and uh, bully them uh, with regarding the likes of Ferran Torres, Ansu Fati, or Franck Kessier? I think that if there's an opportunity to sign a player of those level of qualities for those three, and I like all three, I do think that there is scope for Arsenal to be a little bit savvy in the market. We should look to exploit teams having their problems, and Barcelona are certainly one of those. If you'd have told me that a year, two years ago, that Ansu Fati would be on the market, I would have told you would have mad. I think he was one of the most exciting young players coming through. Of course, he suffered from that very, very horrific knee injury, and he's not really come back the same player a little bit like Marco Asensio at Real Madrid as well, who suffered a knee injury against Arsenal, ironically, and never really came back the same player. Will Fatty ever return to the level that many expected him to reach? I think there's a, a brilliant player still there. Could that be unlocked to Arsenal? Maybe. He's young. He's full of potential. Maybe it's something that Arsenal could look at. Kessier is an interesting one for midfield, of course, as a competitive option. But he'll want... He'll, he'll want, you know, guarantees about playing time. And he's not getting that at Barca. He doesn't get that immediately at Arsenal either, which is also a bit of a problem. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much for the donation. Really appreciate that. Very kind of you. Uh, hello from Australia. How did you become an Arsenal fan? And how much would Thierry Henry be worth in this in this current market? Love your channel, man. Thanks, mate. Uh, how did I become an Arsenal fan? Uh, my, uh, my kind of higher up family my granddad uh my i never unfortunately was able to meet because he passed away before i was born um he my nan told me that his uh kind of club was was arsenal um and i kind of started supporting arsenal 
when I was in primary school. Um, I would never be able to afford to go to the Arsenal games. My dad is a, a Gillingham fan and I'm going to be watching Gillingham this afternoon as well because um, they're playing on Saturday and Arsenal playing on Sunday and I've got a day off, so why not go and watch some football? But uh, I used to go to Gillingham when I was younger because I couldn't afford to go to Arsenal. I got to my first Arsenal game when I was 17. It took me a long, long time before I was able to to get to one. Um, it was the... I, I know... <laughs> This is going to sound really sappy, um, but it was the first Arsenal game I ever went to was the first day that I had my first kiss with my wife. Uh, so there you go. There's a sappy little cute story for you. Um, but that was a special day. <laughs> it was a great day in my childhood. First Arsenal game uh, and first moment there with uh, the woman that would eventually become my wife. So, yes, it was uh, a very, very emotional and special day for me that I will not forget anytime soon. Um, the Dapper Mo says, hi, Tom. Oh, sorry, the Thierry Henry question, just to tackle that. How much would he be worth if he was in his prime? Priceless. You're talking Mbappe levels of money. Uh, the Dapper Mo says, uh, hi, Tom. Great show as always. Some people think Mudrick is overpriced, but we need to start factoring in inflation. 70 million three years ago doesn't buy you the same quality as it does today, even outside of football. Now, my default is always the satirical, it's not my money, which I know annoys a lot of people. So let me remove the it's not my money thing from the equation. We are overpaying for Madrid. Based upon what I see of him, what I know of him, what I've watched of him, the, and I've watched a stupid amount of Mudrick now by this point. I've, I've watched him nearly every day, looking back at while I'm writing about him or talking about him, just so I can better familiarise myself with him on Scout, I've probably watched every little clip of him on Scout, and it shows you nearly every clip he's ever done. So I feel as though I'm pretty comfortable with my understanding of what he is as a player now. And yes... We are overpaying because what you would look at him right now is that, yes, he's very talented. Yes, he could be a star in the future. There are still lots of aspects of his game that are quite raw. There are aspects of his decision-making that need to be refined. And that's very natural for a player of 22 years of age, especially who's been playing in a league like the Ukrainian League, who while still is a competitive league in some senses. That's why Shakhtar aren't top of the table right now. They're not dominating things over there. Um, he is still getting a challenge each week. That's why in the Champions League, he's impressed. That's why... In a performance against Real Madrid, uh, a season or two ago, he got a standing ovation from supporters as he left the field because of that in particular performance. But he's performed outside of those games. He's scored in plenty of games. He's got assists. He's creative. He can use both feet. But we are overpaying for him. But it's an investment. We overpaid for Ben White at, at the time that we signed Ben White. You know, that was an investment. And to be honest... We've absolutely seen him fulfill that investment. And I haven't got too much of an issue with how much we pay with Ben White at all, if any. Mudrik is the same. And whilst there's a little bit of the Ukrainian situation, and when I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast, I think Clive summed this up really well. Why should Arsenal be the ones to have to pay for, obviously, the situation that Shakhtar find themselves in, having lost a lot of money because of FIFA's ruling of the players that left for way below their value, if any at all, because of the invasion. Um why are Arsenal having to pay more because of that situation? Unfortunately, it's just part and parcel of it. What I would say and what I would point out and what I've always said is that when you look at our attack, Gabriel Jesus, £45 million is the only one that cost us a significant amount. You've then got Martinelli at £5 million and Ketia was free. Saka was free. Smith Rowe was free. You know, we've got a lot. You could throw in Erdegaard at a pretty cheap price uh, as well. You've got Nelson still there. You've got Marquinhos, a very low price as well. And you've got some players, youth players coming through. Mario Koja Dubri is an exciting talent. Uh, following Balogun didn't cost us anything. Um, so, you know, there are things to think about. And we haven't spent a lot of money on that front line at all. 
So um, with the players that we've got, of course we did with Aubameyang, of course we did with Lacazette, and that's in the past. But with the current options we have, we haven't spent too much on them. So I think there is scope for us for a heavy investment. And I, I can't remember what the tweet was. Um, it might have been Tim Stillman. I apologise if it wasn't uh, or if it was someone else. But I saw someone tweet basically along the lines of, we're finding out how much it would cost to replace Saka or Martinelli. And that is true. Like if we sold Saka or Martinelli, we'd probably be looking to sell them for 80, 90, 100 million plus, right? I think we'd agree that they're worth around that ridiculously high level that we're paying for Mudrick. You can't replace those players unless you get very lucky uh, with your youth production or with a, uh, a young starlet that develops into that player. And we got that with Martinelli and we got that with Saka. So to sign a player like Mudrick, we are effectively buying another one of those. We hope someone that can bring in the level of quality that they are, if not even more, who knows? And that costs a lot. And that's what we're doing, uh, is we're bringing in a competitive option to those and they cost a lot of money. So yes, we are overpaying. And it is because of inflation. It is because of factors outside of our control. But hopefully it will be worth it in the end. Um, Ethan, thank you so much for the donation. Um, this season really feels like us against everyone else. Why do you think rival fans are so desperate for us not to win the league? I didn't see this for City, Chelsea, Liverpool in recent seasons. You would have seen it for Chelsea. And to a lesser extent, I think you would have seen it for Liverpool. Maybe it's just the circles that you follow. But certainly fans did not want Chelsea and Liverpool winning the title. City don't aren't really disliked in the sense of, um, you know, rival reasons, if you know what I mean. They're just not, they're just kind of a, and, and nothing side. We've not much history that, you know, has got a lot of money and they win the league consistently by playing very nice football with a good manager and good business that they've done in the market and bringing in good players. But no one really hates them in the same way that you hate Spurs or you hate Chelsea or if you're a Man United fan, you hate Liverpool. Man United have a bigger rivalry with Liverpool than their own City rivals. That kind of tells you what the view of City is as a club. They're not very well supported. They can't fill out their stadium, even though they've got a title winning side, they'll that regularly. They're not They're not a side that's hated, really, to be honest. The, the, the hate comes from, obviously, the investment that they've had and how they've got it and where it comes from. But, you know, it's, it's not a team that are particularly disliked, whereas ourselves are disliked by a lot of clubs. Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United are disliked by a lot of clubs. So that's that's kind of the difference. But yes, it still does feel like us against everyone else. And there does feel like there's stuff, especially from an officiating standpoint, that feels like it goes against us, if you will. Um, let's go to... Um, uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> I could just see all you now reacting to uh, my story from earlier on. It's funny with the chat box because obviously there's so many of you in there and you're commenting all the time. I only see uh, comments after about a few minutes after I said it. So <laughs> I can see all the comments now. B-Dub, I'm going to be ill. <laughs> this is brilliant. I love this. Fair play. You're very funny, you lot. You're very funny indeed. Um, let's go to... <laughs> Uh, Jason, do I want Man United to beat City? Yes, I do. Of course I do. I'm hoping Manchester United win that game. Um, Black Magic says, Tom, how many Arsenal players are at risk of suspension? Saka and Saliba are at risk of suspension. This is the last game tomorrow. We've got to hope that they don't get booked and they'll be available for that game against Man United. I'll tell you what, though, if Saka gets booked and is suspended, Mahalo Mudrik might be coming straight into the team um, if we indeed do bring him in in the next few days or so. Smithrow, of course, is another option, but 
who knows? We'll have to see how he reacts. But uh, apparently he's been staying in very good shape. Although he's not played since November, apparently my understanding is he's been keeping in very, very good shape indeed and hopefully won't need too much time to to transition and get up to match fitness. But of course, the club will make those assessments if and when he arrives. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Clive, who says, um, morning, Tom. Please remind all the gooners going to the game tomorrow. Um, got the crucifix and garlic in the pocket. <laughs> Make sure you're taking all precautions when you go to Spurs. Indeed, stay safe, people, by the way. I know things can get a bit silly at the derby, but do stay safe. Do be sensible and uh, enjoy yourselves with other Arsenal fans. You don't need to indulge yourselves in the silliness. Don't get us in any crowd trouble and stuff like that. Be passionate and all that, but just stay safe. It's really important that you do because things happen. You know, there has always been that history of it. So there you go. Uh, Answer says, remember when I spoke to you about Joao Gomez of Flamengo to you during the comment section, Tom? Um, he's moving to Wolves and might just prove me right in the Premier League. Always preferred him to Danilo. Well, Answer, he's, he's one that we're going to have to look at. Of course, Wolves signed that Mateus Nunez midfielder from Sporting that everyone was raving about and he's not necessarily done it. So let's see what Joao Gomez does. Uh, I'll try to keep it in, etched in my memory that you did indeed say that. So, uh, so let's see how it works. Um, Manu says, unrelated, but don't you absolutely love Academy products like Matt Smith? Uh, all of his loans amounted to a massive amount of experience. Not everyone needs to be a sacker. Smith is an example to the youth side. Of course, you're going to find players, Manu, like Matt Smith. And to be honest, I talked about this in yesterday's show. Um, I don't necessarily think that Matt Smith has a future uh, as a senior player at Arsenal. He's always kind of been on the fringe, very close to getting a debut, but never had the opportunity. Um, and and that's a shame because he probably does deserve a couple of minutes on the pitch, maybe more so than some of the youngsters that have been given those minutes because he's he's waited. He's been very patient. It's not happened. I think he will probably be sold to a championship side and he may end up playing in the Premier League. It reminds me a bit of you, like Seb Larson. Do you remember Seb Larson? It's not just because of the blonde hair, but Seb Larson was, of, of course, in the Arsenal youth setup. Um, Henry Lansbury, you know, these types of players that went on loan, but never really were going to play for Arsenal and ultimately left uh, and played a Premier League level for a lower Premier League side. And if Matt Smith goes on to play, who knows, for a rival of ours in the future, it will be because of that loan experience he got at Arsenal. I don't necessarily think it's going to work out here. But yeah, you're right. There are examples of players that go on to do well and only a very, very small percentage of those can indeed happen. Uh, Jason says, Danilo to Forest is done. It is indeed. They've got a very good midfielder uh, for the future. I don't think necessarily he was the right player for us to bring in in this window. Who knows? He might prove us wrong, but we'll wait and see. Uh, JDB says, Tom, what do you think about Sangara? Why not do a Thomas Partey situation with his contract? Just activate the release clause. Did his release clause not change when he signed that new contract? Sangara signed new contract. PSV. I'm sure that it, it removed the um, that uh, release clause that was in his deal. I was sure that it got removed. Let me just have a quick check. Uh, nothing in that article about the release clause. Let's see if this one has anything about the release clause. I'm sure it changed. I might be wrong, but I thought it removed it. Um, 
Yes. So Sangara had a reported 32 million euro, uh, million pound release clause, 35 million euros around that. But he signed a new five year contract in August that removed the clause. So there you go. So he doesn't have a clause in his contract anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, so for that reason, we can't just activate his his release clause because he doesn't have one. Or if he does have one, it's significantly higher than it was before. He absolutely is one of those options that you would say could become uh, a replacement for Partey in the future. Um, but unfortunately, it won't be for that release clause that's being suggested. So there you go. Um Joshua says, we prepared some news for you today. Shakhtar have just posted on Twitter. Yeah, but Shakhtar have been doing some rather cheeky things uh, on Twitter. So let's let's have a quick look. Let's see what they've said. Maybe they've... Uh, we prepared some news for you today. Eyes, hashtag Shakhtar. <laughs> I, I, I doubt it's the Mudrick situation. It might be the Mudrick situation. Um We'll have to wait and see, um, but it, uh, I, I don't know. Of course, I am off today, which means that if I am available and around, I might be able to do an immediate reaction if anything big does indeed drop. Um, but uh, I I doubt it will, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Anything can happen at this stage. As we talked about earlier on, apparently Edu flew to Poland to meet with Shakhtar Donetsk to wrap up the deal. If it happens today, great. I really hope it does happen today. Not not just because I want it to be done and finished and over, but I would like it to be done before the North London derby because I think it would be a massive, massive boost to the team. You'd hope that he would come over and watch the game, of course, as well, and sit with Edu in the stands and stuff like that. Maybe that's something that we'll see, um, but we'll have to wait and see. I don't think they would tweet that about a potential exit. That's a bit strange. Maybe it's about uh, the, a game they're playing. Maybe it's about a player they're signing. But you don't you wouldn't usually see that about a player that's leaving, would you? So I, I don't think it's that. I might be wrong, but I, I don't think that it's that at all. Um let's go to Manu says, Did you see the Burnley announcing Al Adakil with a Toy Story slash Buzz Lightyear video? Absolute jokes. I haven't seen that, but uh I do know that Burnley have been working very hard on their social media over the last year or so with their signings. If you go back and watch the summer, they they pulled off some brilliant announcement videos and definitely their game in that sense is very, very good. Um, Jelly Pig says, how funny would it be if Chelsea signed Anoni Madueke for 40 million, an injury prone, not really consistent in a lower league. Have we ever seen more incompetence from a leadership at a club? Can you tell I love it? <laughs> I can. Uh, I think Madueke is a very talented young player, but there is, of course... Um, always the fear of injury, always the fear that he wasn't starting. You know, you had Javi Simmons and Cody Gakpo that have been starting over him. PSV are getting a lot of money for Gakpo and Madueke. Interesting that Madueke is actually going to be earning them maybe more as an immediate upfront fee than Gakpo did. Gakpo's 37 million rising to 50 million in add-ons. Maybe Madueke ends up earning them more money up front than what Gakpo did for Liverpool. That kind of shows you where Chelsea are at regarding their negotiations. But of course, when Gakpo left, that made Madueke more valuable, uh, more valuable, sorry, to to PSV. So I suppose that takes something in. Harvey says, what do you think about Zinchenko's FA warning? Yes, if you haven't had a chance to go and read Sam Dean's uh, article on The Telegraph, it is behind a paywall. So if you do have The Telegraph subscription, you can read it. Um, but it is a very, very good article about Alexander Zinchenko's career, about how it is to date. But within the article, it reveals that the FA sent a letter to Zinchenko in August. Now, if you cast your mind back 
to the Fulham game. If you remember when we scored that late winner, thanks to Gabriel, after he, of course, made the mistake which led to Mitrovic's opening goal in that game. If you cast your minds back, when we scored that winner, Zinchenko left the dugout and sprinted to the corner flag to celebrate with his fellow uh, teammates. In fact, one of the uh, the stewards at the time, there was a female steward standing who actually thought that Zinchenko was a pitch invader. And the irony is, is that by regulations and rules, he actually was a pitch invader. If you aren't a substitute, if you aren't a member of the staff, the playing staff or the coaching staff, you aren't allowed to do that. Um, and so he technically was a pitch invader in that moment. So I don't have too much of an issue with the with the with the letter that they sent to kindly remind him, politely remind him to not do that again. And apparently, he very swiftly agreed to not do that again. Um, but yes, obviously, it's uh, with the timing. It's a very good timed article from Sam. Um, it's a very good read, and you should you should go and read it because at the moment, with everything that's going on, that coming out, I think people are going to put you know you're gonna have a snowball effect if you like but he did break regulation yes it's a bit of a silly regulation let let you know i think and to be fair in this instance maybe a letter being sent just politely reminding him not to is maybe the little bit of the the context and the perspective that we are lacking from the fa with the charge for the oxford game things have changed a lot since then so, yeah, but it is a bit of a silly one, isn't it? A bit crazy. A bit crazy indeed. Anton says, Zinni and his wife have helped Mudrik if we end up signing him. Again, I understand that Zinchenko has been vocal um, with, with Mudrik and they have been in, in conversation. You're, that's not, it won't come as a shock to you, I'm sure. But uh, we know how keen Mudrik is on signing for Arsenal. Apparently, apparently Zinchenko has been a little bit chatty in his ear, uh, let's say, over this period of time is is what I've heard. Uh, Peter says, uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic and Declan Rice cost the same. Which one do you buy? Declan Rice. The reason why I buy Declan Rice is because, uh, A, he's younger, so I think he's a better investment. Uh, he's Premier League experienced. Of course, he's got that playing at the top level, playing in Europe for a Premier League side as well. Um I think that he will cost around, as you say, the same kind of figure now. And I think that Charlie Patino coming through has got scope to play both at six and in Jacker's role. I think he can play both positions. And so I think that it's important that we bring in uh, that Partey competitor. Because um, I think there's a big gap between Partey and Patino. Like the gap between the development of those two, having someone in the middle, I think could be really good for us, for competitiveness of the squad. So I would go for Declan Rice, for me. Uh, it's just my choice, uh, and I know that people will disagree. That's not to say that I don't want Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. You know how much I like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. I would go for either. So, yes, but I'd, I'd lean towards Rice. Uh, James says, how good was Darren Brown the other day? Uh, he was brilliant. Uh, I won't tell you anything about the show, because if anyone goes to see it, you don't want any spoilers. But if you can go and see Darren Brown, showman in London, I cannot recommend it any higher. Completely stumped, completely uh, manipulated, it was amazing. He's a mentalist, illusionist type person, very famous here in the UK, probably abroad as well. If you can go and watch it, go and watch it. It's amazing. Thank you, James, for the question. That's some good memory you've got there. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up. So I've got to get myself to golf. I've already received while on this show. I saw when I checked Twitter a second ago, and I reply to them shortly, a couple of DMs saying, I like golf as well. Just for caveat, I literally have been playing golf for about two months. I'm not very good at all. I'm trying to get into another sport, get better. Uh, have some more because obviously with my knee I'm not really playing seven aside all that much anymore um, so I'm trying to get into a bit of golf so maybe in a while I'll be able to do a round of golf with some of our listeners uh, but right now 
I'm honing my skills. And by honing my skills, I mean trying to hit the ball with the club. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it means a lot, of course, uh, that you always do. Thank you for the kind messages. As I said earlier on the show, if you listen on iTunes, please leave a kind written review. That would really be helpful. It's always nice to read through some of the uh, nice feedback we get. Let us know your thoughts on any of the topics we've discussed today in the comment section down below. That means a lot to us as well. Uh, it's been a genuine pleasure to join you as always. Uh, and I'll see you uh, again tomorrow morning ahead of the derby. Big game coming up. Lots of football to talk about later. Manchester Derby as well. We'll have reaction to that in tomorrow morning's show too. Fingers crossed United can do us a favour. See you again very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered. Bye, fans.